Uh, we're, going, we're going to turn in our Bibles here in just a moment. You can go ahead if you want to over to Luke chapter 10. But in the meantime, I want to tell you this little story. It's sort of a joke in a way. In a way, it's supposed to be a joke. Sometimes people laugh and sometimes they don't. It makes me feel really bad. This guy was visiting in New York. He was standing on the street corner talking with a Yankee. Y'all know what Yankees are. I'm, I'm not prejudiced at all. Um, anyway, he's talking to a Texan. He's, how, he wanted to know, the Yankee wanted to know, how is it in Texas? Is it really as big as they say, you know? And he said, well, yeah, it is. He said, just for example, my ranch, when I get in my car and I start driving the boundaries of my ranch, when the sun's going down, I still haven't completed going around my, my ranch property. And the, the Yankee looked at him and said, you know, I used to have a car like that myself. <laughs> so we get, we, you know, they get us back sometime, but it's, it's a lot of fun. But sometimes some of, some of our joking, you know, like I used to like to joke about, you know, the purple or, or burgundy and whatever. A&M. I used, to, I used to. How many of you joked about A&M? I listen. I don't. You don't have to. I did. I love jokes, but then I got. Sybil got two nephews who were graduates from there, and I quit joking about Texas A&M because they had graduated from it. So, I'm. I'm just trying to get more sensitive. You think I'm serious? I am, and I'm. Not. I'm trying to get more sensitive to people who are not exactly like I am. And uh, we're going to we're going to talk about that. You you were going to talk about who's who's our neighbor from the Good Samaritan story. Of the Good Samaritan. You've heard of that ever since you were a child. If you attended church, but I'm going to try to share with you something that I feel God has laid on my heart. That might be just a little different. If you'll stay with me on it, we'll, um, we'll look at it. But turn with me in your Bibles to uh, Luke <clears throat> chapter 10. I'm going to start reading with verse 25. Verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. This is Jesus, a lawyer. A lawyer who probably, he would be a Jewish religious lawyer. And he stood up and he tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He, Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered Jesus, of course. He answered Jesus and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm, we think of neighbor next door. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself, he was wanting to trap Jesus is what he was wanting to do. And, and he said, and when he, um, where, where was I? He said, you answered rightly. And then Jesus answered a certain man. He wanted to know. 
have you answered, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. And he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem, down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves, and it is believed by research and by some, some of you may have in your Bibles that that was a Jew. A certain man was a Jew that was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road, saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Some translations said, and passed way on the other side to get bound. So, but a certain Samaritan, verse 33, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine to cleanse it all and for healing. And he set him on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, He who sowed, showed mercy on him. Okay, now, now, now here's, here's the story that I've heard in the past. Here is this mean, un, unemotional, uncaring priest that walks by and sees this guy over in the ditch, swings around the other side of the road, and goes on to Jericho. That mean, sorry, uncaring person that would do that to a person half dead laying in the ditch over there. And not only that, a Levi comes by and does the very same thing. And, and I've, I've heard stories like that. But we're, we're supposed to be caring. But that's not, I, I want to give you some background. I don't believe we can understand this passage without understanding that time in which it was, what was written. This was written back then when we don't even know for sure, most of us don't know, and I didn't know until I studied it, what the priest was. I didn't know what the Levite was. But remember back in the, back in the very early days in the beginning of, of Israel from Mount Sinai on, there were some people who were appointed to take care of the tabernacle, to take care of the presence of God through the wilderness and then later on the temple. And, and, and there was first appointed the firstborn of every, the first male, firstborn of every family would serve the Lord. Then later it changed to the, to the tribe of Levi. So now the tribe of Levi are going to be the ones who are going to serve the Lord. So that's the Levite, but who is the priest? The priest is from the lineage of Aaron. And the lineage of Aaron 
is, is, was also a, a Levite, or they were, they were of the tribe of Levi. So the priests were in the tribe of Levi, but they were priests because they were from the bloodline of Aaron the priest. So then we understand those two things. And they, they were of the same, of the same tribe. But there's, there's, some, there's some little difference going on here, and, and, and I, want us to, I want us to read some of it. Look at Joshua 21 and 41, and we're going to learn a little bit about, about the priesthood in that day. Now look what it says. All the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were 48 cities with their common lands. This is interesting. They, they had cities? In Jesus' day, there was the, the, the second temple. And these Levites didn't just live at Jerusalem. Few, very few. They had 48 cities that was allotted to them. So when these guys were walking down to Jericho, they were walking toward one of several different cities that were theirs by allotment. So they, they, were, they, they, had, they had been up yonder. They'd been up on the mountain. They'd been at the temple. They'd been working all week, laboring. And the Levites particularly were cutting up the, the bulls that were being offered as sacrifices. And, and they were taking, they were skinning them. And they were taking the parts they were to, to sacrifice or, or the whole thing or, or even gut them out and do something with the refuse. And they were doing all of that and been having a long work session for a couple of weeks long, at least that. And I'm not certain of the number of days, but it was a longer session. And then they were traded out by Levites or from, other, from the other cities. And they would come in and take their turn. So these guys had had their turn, and they were going home. Now let's look at the next verse that I, that I, I want to read to you. From Deuteronomy 18, 1 to 5. This is the pay for the hard work. Okay, the priest, the Levites... All the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire. Did you notice that? They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his portion. Therefore, they shall have no inheritance among all of the other brethren, the other tribes. No inheritance among them. The Lord is their inheritance. In other words, he said, I will take care of them, as he said to them in Deuteronomy. And this shall be the priest's due from the people. For those who offer a sacrifice, whether it is a bull or sheep, they shall give to the priest the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach. Whew. What did they, did they have refrigerators in that day? I mean, how did all of this, wow. Well, I can barely eat my noodle, much less, excuse me, let's go on. But they, that, that's their pay. They got to get home with it, right? The first fruit of your grain 
This is the offerings that are given. The first fruit of the, the rest of the tribe's grain and, and your new wine and your oil and the first of all the fleece of your sheep you shall give him. So what do these, get, what do these guys get for working? This is what they get. For the Lord your God has chosen him out of your tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. Now this is what we got. Here these guys are. They've been, they've been pulling their, their time and now they're going home and they've got their stuff with them. They don't have any wrappings for bandages. They don't have any oil. They don't have any wine to cleanse the the. the, the Injuries of, that this man has, <laughs> they don't have any money to give to the out to the to the person at the motel. So what do they do? They just go around. Why do do you know what would happen to them? Now I'm trying to be nice to them. Let's think about these guys a moment. We've been we've been hard on them for years. <laughs> think a moment. You're carrying your pay. You've been working hard, and you're carrying it. I don't know how they were carrying it, but they were carrying their pay. And they see this guy over here, and if they go touch him with the blood and everything else, they're unclean. So what are they going to do? They're going to have to go back to Jerusalem. They're going to have to go through all of the things you go through to be cleansed and sanctified, the food is unclean. They have to get other food, and then they turn around and go all the way back down. And unless you have walked from Jerusalem to Jericho, we don't understand the hardness of it. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't understand how hard that is. It is from above sea level way all the way down to below sea level. Now, that's where we are with those guys. So along comes the Samaritan. Thank you. Along comes the Samaritan. And what, is it, what does he do? He just sees the guy, goes right over there, and starts taking care of him. What's the deal about the Samaritan? The Samaritans were hated by the Jews. Not only that, the Jews hated the Samaritans. Where did the Samaritans come from? The Samaritans were Jews at one time. You remember when Israel was all one nation and then it was divided after Solomon's time? It was divided in the north and south. Basically, Judah and Israel, it was divided into that. Samaria is in the northern part of Jerusalem, I mean of Israel. They were Jews. And then they got attacked and they went into, in, into exile the Babylonian exile for 70 years. They took most of the Jews with them, but they left some Jews, the northern Jews, they left some of them there in Samaria. In the process of the 70 years, they brought foreigners in and they mixed blood with them. Jews hated that, but they mixed blood with them. Not only that, the Samaritans, you, you, this is no just this is no light, little light thing, guys. They're, they decided that, that the Jews had been wrong all along. That the rest of the Jews, the ones who were in exile, they were wrong. 
It, it wasn't that, that uh, Mount, Mount Moriah, where the temple is today and was then in Jerusalem, they decided that Mount Moriah was not the mountain that Abraham went up and sacrificed his son on or was going to sacrifice Isaac on. They decided, no, no, that's not where it is. It's over here in Samaria. It's, it's Mount Gerizim. It's the Mount of Blessing. They believed that so strongly, they, they just created a whole religion, a whole faith that is still going on today. They created this. And when Passover time comes, they don't go to Jerusalem. They don't go to the temple. They don't go to, to Mount Moriah. They go to Mount Gerizim, even to this day. They sacrifice their lamb and everything for Passover, just like Jews do. They sacrifice that. And here they, here they are creating this whole other religion, and they still say, we are the ones who are right, and the Jews are wrong. Always been wrong. The Jews are saying, they're wrong. We know what religious prejudice is, don't we, in this country? We know what it is. They hated one another because of this. And here was this guy hated coming over here to a Jew and pouring oil on him and wine and bandaging him up and taking care of him. Some passages... I want, I want to show you. Let's, let's look at it. John 4, 7 to 9. The woman at the well. Do you remember that? The woman at the well. The woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. She was blown away by this. She ended up getting saved. She ended up being born again. If we, if we, if we understand what, what the conflict was between the two of them, I understand that we have, we have racial prejudices among, uh, among the nation, in our, in our own nation. It, it, it shouldn't be. Let's look at the very next verse that I have. Luke 9. Uh, yes, Luke 9, verse 51. A Samaritan village that refused to help Jesus. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's Jesus. And he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare a place for him, for Jesus. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. This is a whole village of Samaritans. I, I have been there. I was just there six months ago. We were in a bus, me and, and, a, and a group of guys, about 30 of us, we're, we were on a bus that had double iron plates on it, painted like a regular bus on the outside. We had a soldier, armed soldier with us in the inside. And we went, we went into Shiloh. We went into, into these places, to Jacob's Well, and, and all of these places that's in the West Bank of Jerusalem. Samaritans are still there. 
The hatred is still there. It was there then. What did he do? Let's look at the last part of that. Verse 33, a certain Samaritan, I want to read it again, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and damaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he went out, he took two denarii, and gave it to the innkeeper, and and said to him, take care of him, whatever you need. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Listen to this. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Who showed mercy? On the Jew, the Samaritan. He said, he who showed mercy, the Samaritan. The Samaritan, he said, was then, in this instance, was the neighbor. Ooh, are you kidding me? It just could be, listen, it just could be that our neighbor is who we don't like. The Jews didn't like the Samaritan. And our neighbor may be, our neighbors may be the people that we can't stand. I know we have racial racial prejudice in our country, and I'm grateful to the Lord that he, I wasn't raised in, in, in a lot of it, and that some of the things that we're experiencing today, but I had prejudices in, in the other areas. I had people that I didn't like. I had people that, that, that had hurt me, had cheated me. I had people that I couldn't stand to be around. They were liars. They were, they, they were like, I, could, I, did, I just didn't like them. There's some of you here right now that you've had someone that has wounded you badly in your life, a, a wife or a husband or, or, or some other person that has cheated you at work and everything else, and you say, I don't lie, I don't like them. Hey, they're, they're a Samaritan to you. Even in other races and things like that, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you about one of my prejudices right now. When, when, I, was, when I was pastoring... Uh, Shady Grove Church, which I pastored for, I don't know, 25 or 30 years, something like that. We had really done a wonderful work, a powerful work, and I felt like we had in, in Eastern Europe, where, where Poland and, and those countries were. And God had just had brought churches to life, and we had worked hard and had given ourselves and poured money into, into Poland and, and to Czechoslovakia, what was Czechoslovakia then, would, would pour money into these areas, Hungary, on and on. And a, a prophet, a prophetess came to our, our church, and we knew her, Joy Dawson. Many of you may know her, Youth with a Mission. Um, but she had come, and, and she was preaching, and she said, I've got a word for the church. 
God says that he is so thrilled with the work that you have done, and that these are not the, her exact words, so thrilled with the work that you have done in Eastern Europe. And God is, has, has carried you through that and given you favor, and, and it is a, an accomplishment, and God is grateful for it and says amen to it. But he's given you a reward for what you've done there. And we, the, the elders used to sit on the platform about at six of us at the time or seven. And um, we looked at each other and grinned because we'd been working so hard in Eastern Europe. We thought, this is cool, man. We're, we're going to get a reward for this ministry reward. Oh, how we'd love that, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Joy Dawson then said, and the Lord has given you the Muslim people for your reward. I almost fell out of the chair backwards. I've never, like, hated Muslims. I just never liked them. I, I went home and I cried and I said, Sybil, what, what, what am I going to do? And we're, we're going to have to pray and we're going to say, God, give us a love for the Muslims. And God began to break through our heart. One evening on the weekend, after dark, a Muslim two doors down from us, we didn't even, I didn't even know he was a Muslim, he came over and he said, could you help me? My child is dying. He's very young, and, and he needs this breathing apparatus, and he doesn't, we doesn't, don't have it. said, could, is there any way you can help us? I, we, we don't have a doctor to call. We don't have anything. When we need this machine. And, and I, I, I said, I know a doctor. I'll call him, and I called him, and I told him what the situation was. He called, he called a, a Walgreens and, 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 and set it up. And, and I put him in the car with me, and we took off to the Walgreens at night, and we, we bought that thing. The rest of the Walgreens were closed at that time, and we, we, I bought that thing and paid for it, that whole machine, and brought it back and got it on, attached to his son, and his son began to be able to breathe again. Saved his life. God, you know, I'm, I like these Muslim guys. They're people like we are. I don't understand their faith and that kind of thing. I don't have to understand it to love them. Now then, where my wife and I live, there's about five acres they cleared on this side, and guess what? It's going to be a whole Muslim community right next door to me. They've already got the streets laid out in that thing. And, and I, 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 I changed the direction that, I'm, that I walk. I, now then, I said, I'm going to walk that whole place because they got all the streets in place. They're putting houses in place. They're already putting some people in, in some of the houses. And, and I'm walking up and down those streets with Muslim names on the streets right next door to us in Irving, Texas. Five acres, Muslim names on, on the street. I don't even know what they say. I know one of them's called Ali Akbar Street. And I, I said, well, okay. So, so I'm walking down these streets, and I've got my little oil thing with me too, you know. 
walking down there and I'm saying, oh God, I've just, I've just blessed this land in the name of Jesus and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon it. I want to bless the people that's going to live here. I pray, Father, that your hand would be upon them as you bring them into this community and I pray for this land to be so anointed and I'd take my little oil thing, walking along, spread some of it as I'm walking, spread some more. And I just pray for your anointing to fall upon this place, God. And I pray that whenever they're filling these houses that they would have a dream of Jesus Christ. That a dream that Jesus would appear to them and that they would get saved. And so, what, what, I love them. Already I love them. Before they ever get there. God's changing us. It's, listen, we don't have to love people. We don't have to agree with people to love them. I've got a, I've got a son that left his wife and daughter, went into the homosexual community, stayed in the homosexual community for 20-some-odd years. He came back seven years ago. At first, we tried tough love. Didn't work. Then God said, just love him where he is. I started calling him every Saturday, took him out once a month for lunch, we started building relationship again, and I just started loving him where he was. Couldn't change him. Only God can change people. I didn't agree with where he, how he was living or anything else, but I agreed with one thing. He's a human being. And God has called us to love every person. He finally came back. I got a note from him. I've overseas. I got a note from him, a beautiful note. And he said, Daddy, I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 meeting you is like meeting a, a brand new person. And he said, I'm getting to love you like I've never loved you before. And I like the friend I've met, and you're my friend. I can hardly wait till you get back because I'm even feeling like doing things that men naturally feel like want to do. But I've never wanted to do them. For example, I want to go hunting. Well, boy, I called Pastor, Pastor Walt. And I called him and I said, is there any place I could take my, my son hunting? Yeah. We came down here. We got him on a, on, a blind, on, a, on a deer blind. He's sitting there with that rifle. And going, when these deer walked up and they started getting, I said, settle down, settle down, son. And I, I told him exactly how to do it. And he squeezed the trigger. And he went down. Oh, man. He said, let's go, let's go, let's go. Climb out. Don't climb out the blind yet. He may not be all dead. Let's just wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's wait a little bit. Okay, we did. We finally climbed down the, out of the blind, and my son put his arm around my waist. He said, Daddy, you know, I feel like I've just gone through the rite of passage. You know what that means? That means from childhood to manhood. I feel like I've just gone through the rite of passage, Daddy. Thank you so much for loving me. I didn't love what he did, but I loved him. And there may be people in your life that you just don't love them. I have a feeling they're your neighbor. Father, I want to thank you so much 
for this opportunity to forgive people for this opportunity to release people from our hatred those people that we might hate that God we don't we don't want to we don't want to hate them we want to love them where they are and I just pray Lord for forgiveness to flow across this congregation that if there's someone if there's a neighbor or an ex or anyone else in our lives a businessman that's hurt us that we could forgive them and that we would not just forgive them that we would find a way of serving them and meeting them in their need so Father we give you honor we give you glory we thank you for what you're doing right now and Father if there's anyone here who does not know you I ask that you would speak to their heart and they'd give their life to you now simply by saying Jesus Come in and live your life in me and through me. I want to give you my life. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and settle down upon this congregation right now. And bring peace into every heart and faith and hope. In Jesus' name, amen.